this is a very special installment of Diary of an Exvangelical. This will focus more on the holidays and is a part of a bonus 1.5 season. I am Marie and I am not a religious expert. I'm not a theologian. I am someone who went from Catholic to evangelical and back to Catholic. And I apologize in advance if any of this offends people. So, as I said in my previous podcast this week, which was titled Evangelicals, Harry Potter, and Twilight, why Robert Pattinson fans are probably heathens, and for the record, Robert Pattinson fans, you're awesome. You ain't going to hell. Um, I said I was going to do a season 1.5, which is a four-parter about the holiday season. Here in the United States, we are getting close to Thanksgiving. I'm actually recording this on November 22nd, so we're right in that Thanksgiving week. And Thanksgiving in the United States is a springboard to the Christmas season. Um, the day day after Thanksgiving is always known traditionally as Black Friday, although some retailers do open up like on Thanksgiving Day. Well, all except well, Costco never does, which is why I happily pay $60 a year to go to Costco and Target just announced that they are no longer opening up on Thanksgiving because during the COVID pandemic they closed on Thanksgiving and the CEO found out that the employees really did like that so he's like fuck it we'll just keep doing that fuck the bottom line (laughs) so yeah um Do your shopping at Costco and Target if you don't like companies that open on Thanksgiving because they do not. Um, So today's installment is titled Evangelicals and Christians, Why They Think the Grinch is Satan. And to really discuss this, I'm going to have to tell a story Um, I, like I said, I was in the evangelical church. I was in an evangelical church for about four and a half years. Worst mistake of my life. Um, This church was independent Baptist, but it had a lot of evangelical teachings. And the youth pastor at this church would always come up with a Christmas parade float idea for our town's Christmas parade, which is usually the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And, you know, the themes that he would come up with were kind of interesting, and there was stuff that would appeal to children and adults. I know one year they did Charlie Brown Christmas, which I absolutely loved because I am a huge Charlie Brown fan. Then there was another year they did a Lego one, which I still don't quite understand what he was thinking at that time. And 
there was one he did, which was another one that I loved, and it's my second favorite holiday thing, The Grinch. We are big Grinch fans in my house. My father and I, we love The Grinch. We've seen, we've seen the original version from, I think it was 1960s. We saw the Jim Carrey version, and we actually saw the new version, which had the voice of Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. We weren't really big fans about that one. Um, so, so there was a woman in this church, and as always, I use pseudonyms for these, for these um, people. So I'm gonna call her Eunice, and Eunice was a white evangelical woman who thought she was holier than thou, and she would complain. I remember she complained about Charlie Brown Christmas, and I tried to point out to her that there is a part in Charlie Brown Christmas where Linus is trying to tell Charlie Brown what Christmas is all about. So he uses he uses a passage from Scripture, which I found out later is from the book of Luke. And then I know she complained about the Grinch and... You know, if you're going to complain about the Grinch, yeah, you're on my shit list. Um, and I tried to tell her, the, the Grinch pretty much, the overall takeaway of it is that Christmas is not about getting gifts, not about materialism. Because if you think about it, at the end of the Grinch, you know, after the Grinch steals all the Christmas gifts, steals all the food, decorations, and he's on top of Mount Crumpet, he hears the Who's singing anyway, and rejoicing anyway. And I tried to explain that. And both times Eunice said to me, you're wrong. And she said it doesn't justify it. My actually my final time with them, Eunice got her way, and it was a thing where where they had like a giant empty. I want to say it looked almost like a trough because, you know, Jesus was born in a barn, <laughs> and they called the theme "Love Came Down," and to me it was just the most stupidest theme in the world and it was just too basic and I hated it and it was all because Eunice bitched and complained so fucking loudly so yeah so yeah to all you Eunice evangelicals fuck you so I decided to look into this and I was reading all this, and there's an article I was reading from, it's called Christ in Pop Culture, and it's called How the Grinch Stole Christmas from Christians, and here it says, well, I'm going to read this one sentence, which he was saying, Basically, the author, he was saying about how he and his wife had been celebrating the Christmas season by watching cheesy holiday specials on TV. He gave examples of 
Rudolph, Frosty, Charlie Brown, and the Grinch. Now, he says that he noticed something that he never put much thought into. And this one sentence is crazy. The major theme of all these specials can be summed up as follows. Christmas is all about the goodness of the human heart. Seems like a commendable theme, doesn't it? And yet it strikes strikes me as to one totally contrary Christian understanding of Christmas. Okay? Now he goes and he says about the Grinch. And he talks about all that stuff that I try to with Eunice. And then he says, contrary to believing the goodness of the human heart, Christians believe that Christmas is the celebration of that external salvation which all men need because of the wickedness of the human heart. Christmas is about the Savior being born and to save us all from Satan's power, which runs deep in every soul and makes him subject to God's judgment. These specials are right in that they remind us that Christmas doesn't come from a store, but fail to remind us that Christmas isn't about how great our love is, but in reality, how great God's love is. You know what? I'm reading this, and I am thinking, what the actual fuck? Because, I mean... I remember growing up, going to Catholic Mass, like with my grandmother, and then, then you know, with just me, myself, and I, and, you know, priests would come in with this, with this baby Jesus, put him in the, in the nativity set, bless it, whole nine. Did we ever think that things like the Grinch and Charlie Brown have a subliminal meaning that kind of shows God's love? Because, I mean, you think about it. The Grinch, it wasn't really illustrated in the um, version from what that was big when I was a kid, which was the animated version. And, you know, the animated version with Thurl Ravencroft singing, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Which you could probably catch on, like, on, like, TBS or something. Um, but it was illustrated, I think, greatly in both the Jim Carrey version and the animated DreamWorks version with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. And it was, he saw what happened, had a change of heart, went back to Whoville with all the gifts and everything else he stole, and he throws himself at the mercy of the Who's. And, you know, the Who's they could have really gave them hell. But instead, the Who's were like, you know what? You said you were sorry. It's Christmas. Well, it's forgiven. And I keep thinking, if what this author said about God's love, if that's the case, then 
why is it that he did not notice the author? Why did he not notice that? I mean, that right there, that part. And I remember vividly in the live-action Jim Carrey version where he throws himself at the mercy of the mayor of Whoville. And I remember thinking to myself when I was watching it, yeah, the Bible does teach us about forgiveness. We are told that God wants us to forgive people. And, you know, the in this scene, you obviously see the people of Whoville forgiving the Grinch. So, yeah, strike one on that argument. Um, so, that was one thing. Another thing is, let's talk Charlie Brown Christmas for a minute. Because, like I said, I'm a Peanuts fan. And so, I'm going to just do this real quick. Why Christians dislike Charlie Brown? So, here is one which is, you know, there were so many things about, when you look it up, there are so many things here about Charlie Brown Christmas and everything else. And a lot of people, there are a lot of pro things about Charlie Brown Christmas, which I absolutely love as a Charlie Brown fan. And there's actually one from, this is from Snoops, where they say about, about that the, in 2015, it was aired with Christian content warnings, which it was not. And, you know, I remember out of anybody in the Christianity, whether it be Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, Anglican, or whatever, the only one I have found that had an issue with Charlie Brown Christmas was Eunice Evangelical, as I like to call her. Um, so, I, I don't get it with her argument on that because, like I said, it, you know, it was um, from, from Luke that the, that Linus's monologue is from. I actually want to try and pull it up for a minute, see if, see what exactly it is, what it was from. Um, it was a book of Luke. And it was chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And if you Google it, you will come across so many different clips on just that alone. And, you know, it's still, to this day, one of my all-time favorite moments in the whole thing. And... I remember I tried to explain it to this woman, and she said, oh, no, well, that's still not acceptable. And, you know, I tried to explain to her that American popular culture 
can be a powerful way to deliver a message. And she said, well, Satan can use it too. Which, of course, I probably argued a lot in my in my podcast about, about American cinema. And she, she is right. I won't lie. I mean, anybody can use the media as a way to convey a message. In fact, I'm doing it right now. However, my thought is this. If you are a Christian who is more hung up on this shit, you need to re-examine your life. And, yeah, somebody actually tried to point out that Charles Schultz was, in fact, a Christian. And he, he, was, he was. He was raised a Christian. He was... But in the last, like, 40 years of his life, I think, I'm actually going to try and look it up real quick. But in the last 40 years of his life, Charles Schultz really didn't believe Christianity the way he was brought up. In fact, this is the from the Wikipedia about, about Charles Schultz. And it says, According to a 2015 spiritual biography, Schultz's faith was complex and personal. He often touched on religious themes in his work, including the classic television cartoon 1965's Charlie Brown Christmas, which features Linus quoting the King James Version of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, to explain what Christmas is all about. Which is true. And, you know, if you watch, like, other Charlie Brown specials, you kind of see some similar things. I know there was one where Linus was seen reading the Bible. So, yeah. Okay. So, there was that. And the little blurb about his religious beliefs go, goes on to say, Reared in a nominally Lutheran family, Charles Schultz was active in the Church of God as a young adult, and later taught Sunday school at a United Methodist Church. And, you know, so there was actually um, a whole thing which was written, which was written by a, by an author, it was a Christian minister author, Robert L. Short, which is called The Gospel According to Peanuts, where he basically showed how Charles Schultz used Christianity in popular culture. However, I think we need to point this one out because while Charles Schultz was raised a Christian and everything, he ended up changing things in about the late 1980s because the Wikipedia article has a quote that he he had in a 19 it was in a 1989 article and it was called good grief the story of charles m schultz and it was like a thing in 1989 and it said the thing it says from the late 1980s schultz said in in interviews that some people have described him as a secular humanist but he did not know one way or the other. And 
you know, secular humanism is basically just a like a theory about how humanity should be treated. And there was a quote that was in this um, in this 1989 book, Good Grief, the story of Charles M. Schultz, which Schultz's quote is saying, I do not go to church anymore. I guess you could say I've come around to secular humanism, an obligation I believe all humans have to others and the world we live in. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, you know, 2013, which was about, you know, 13 years after Charles Schultz's death in 2000, his widow, um, Jean, Forse, Jean Forsyth, she had a quote, which was, I think that he was a deeply thoughtful and spiritual man. Sparky, which was Charles Schultz's nickname, was not the sort of person who would say, oh, that's God's will, or God will take care of it. I think to him, it that was an easy statement, and he thought that God was more complicated. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because I was reading, I'm reading this quote even more, and at the very end, the sentence really does kind of make me very impressed. And it says, she actually went on to say, when he taught Sunday school, he would never tell people what to believe. God was very important to him, but in a deep way, a, in a very mysterious way. And I think that this quote is why some evangelicals will have an issue now with anything Charlie Brown. But, you know, to, to the person who is me, the Catholic former evangelical and now back to Catholic, I personally think that this quote kind of sums it sums up a lot of things with Christian beliefs that very few people talk about and it sums up what Christianity and spirituality is in a nutshell and the evangelicals sadly I think y'all missed the boat on that one I was thinking about that because of something that a friend of mine who is a non-denominational pastor, and he's actually the one who helped me realize that maybe I belong back in Catholicism. Um, it was a thing he would always say about smelling like Jesus is what he called it. And basically it's, you know, you do, you do good because of your faith in God. You don't have to necessarily be out in the open with corporate prayers and handing out tracts. I mean, you could do something as simple as say, as say, going up to a person who's suffering and say, hey, you okay? Or, you know, feeding the homeless or, oh, there's uh, 9,000 different things going through my head right now on what you could do. But... And I'll probably talk about this in a future podcast because
I want to do one where it's lies that evangelicals have told have told me about Catholics. And you know, so yeah. Evangelicals, you got it wrong. And to the unis to the unices of the world, the Unis Evangelicals and the Burt Baptists, as I like to call them, um, if you are in a church and your pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, Sunday school teacher wants to use the Grinch, Charlie Brown Christmas, or any other Christmas thing as a reference to an example of God's love, let them. And if you don't like it, you can always walk away from the situation and be like, you know what? I like you guys, but I just don't want to hear this right now. So I'm going to go over here and that will make things better. That wraps up today's installment. And like I said, this is a part of the special Diary of an Ex-Angelical Christmas Edition. And my next one will be, next week I will do one in the regular season, Pop Goes the Culture, about evangelicals and secular music. And then, so let me give you a bit of a, thing on this. So this installment is going to be uploaded on the 26th Black Friday. On the 30th, I will have I will be going back into Pop Goes the Culture with Evangelicals and Secular Music why they think Matchbox 20 is evil. And then on December 3rd, I will go back into my Christmas mini one with a very interesting one called It's Just a Cup. Why e Why I hate the evangelicals ranting about Starbucks and holiday cups. I'm not a Starbucks fan, but I've heard this rant so many times that I just want to scream. So yeah, I have to do that one. Okay, so Diary of an Ex-Evangelical is Record it, edited, and researched by me, Marie. All content is original in a way. I cite my sources, as you have heard. I exercise my First Amendment rights, and I do not try to slanderize or offend anybody. The podcast is recorded with the app Audacity and we are hosted by by Spotify's lovely little thing Anchor. And so, you know, just log on to anchor.fm and you too can get your podcast hosted. And they have some lovely little things like add-ons and whatnot, so pretty cool. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So tell your friends. 
follow me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is Life of Marie267. And this podcast has its own Twitter, which is Exvangelical267. You can always send me an email at exvangelicaldiaries at outlook.com. And until then, peace be with you.